This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right in in just a minute here. Before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com and access all of our resources. You can go to iTunes or Spotify. We're kind of all over as far as a podcast goes. Feel free to go there and listen to previous podcasts. I don't know. We're about 200 plus episodes at this point. Uh, not, no, no, not I think quite. We're 170. 170. Okay. So we're 175 maybe. This so plenty to, plenty to go reference previous episodes. We get asked a lot, hey, have you covered this or that? We encourage you to go back and go to the website and do that. You can also go to, to iTunes. You can also leave us a review at iTunes if you haven't yet. We check those and are encouraged by them and want to grow in the ones that... Yeah. And, if, and if you like a, uh, a podcast, share it on social media. So yeah. Share it on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. Let people know you that they can find it as well. Yeah, that's right. Spread the word. We're grateful for those. We know we have some loyal listeners and we're grateful to hear from you and, and uh, enjoy being a part of this with you. Um, we want to um, we want to tackle a topic that I would say, Jim, both of us, but especially now beginning to do this work full time, I get asked this all the time, and that's why is ministry seem to be so uniquely hard? Hmm. And and so I have sought, as you know, I have sought for the last several years uh, to try and and think through this issue and and to want to give a helpful answer. And there's tons of answers around this, and of course. Um, I was. I had a conversation with an old pastor friend of mine who really began said some things to make me think through some some of this stuff. And so I've been sitting with this question really for a good five to six years. And I'd like for us to to tackle it today. We can't obviously explore everything with this, but we know it's a question a lot of pastors are asking, especially in the last several years and all that's that's happened around that. So, uh, Jim, what's what's some texts we can think about in regard to? Uh, why is ministry hard and trying to answer that particular question? Yeah, you know, I think, Brian, there's something of the nature of ministry itself, and, and that is laboring in the Word uh, to a people living in a fallen world. And the Paul, thankfully, you know, the Apostle Paul is very autobiographical. And he expresses not just what ministry is, he talks about the effect it has upon him. And so he uses languages, language of being, you know, knocked down or 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 uh, brought to the place of who is sufficient for these things. Is the language that's used in places like First Corinthians fifteen thirty one, where you know I die daily, and Second Corinthians chapter four and verse twelve that death works in us so that life can work in you. Right, right. And so there is this dying. I mean, all of us who who follow the Lord have to die to ourselves. We're all, we're all cross bearers. We all take up the cross. We follow Him. We die to ourselves. We say no to ourselves. But there is something of a continual, in order to do this. There is this death that works in us, uh, this slow dying that works in us uh, on on behalf of others, and and there is a way in which you know he displays in us and through us uh, some of this suffering that's attendant with his name, uh, and and he demonstrates that before the church, he demonstrates it before unseen uh, spiritual forces, in some ways even, you know, before the world, uh, that demonstrates that we are following in the footsteps of, uh, the bloody footsteps of one who is crucified. Yeah. And that would make sense, wouldn't it? That, that, and I think that's, what's so compelling to me about St. Corinthians four, where it, I think it really arcs when Paul says, you know, death in us, but life in you, he's writing to the Corinthians. He's, mm-hmm. he's articulating this, this death that he is going through and that the, 
the, really the workers with him. Uh, yeah. that, and I think we can put pastors in that category as far as this call is that there's a, there's a, a dying a little bit every day that a pastor does for the sake of the flock. I think that's right. the answer to the question. Why is this so you know uniquely hard? Now there's, there's tons of things that, that would cause the death uh, in the ministry and, and why those things are, are difficult. But as far as a category of understanding why ministry is hard, I think this is part of the calling. I think it's embedded in the call to be a pastor. Uh, we can, and we can talk about those in, in a minute, the the different things that make ministry uniquely hard. There's, there's tons of things we could go to, yeah. but I think it all centers around this, this idea that we're laying down our lives a little bit every day for the flock. So yeah, so part of what we're saying is to somebody who maybe is newer to ministry or or who has become overwhelmed with the difficulty, it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It right. may, in fact, mean you're doing it right. Right. Uh, and so that if you have a heart and you care, and you're really involved in in this aspect of, of the war, uh, you you can anticipate and expect for it to be hard. Don't go into pastoral ministry uh, if you don't. <laughs> If you're not ready for this, yeah. or, or if you went in not ready for this, you need to understand this is going to be part and parcel of what the Lord is calling you to. It is it is part of the nature of the work itself. That's right. I'm I'm glad you said that because a lot of a lot of guys will think they're doing something wrong because it's hard. Yeah. So I appreciate. I think what you said was really important. But in many ways, if it's hard, a lot of times it means you're you're doing a lot right. So, and you know, with the work we do. One of you know, I mean, we're we're not miracle workers. There's, when we're trying to care for pastors at Practical Shepherding, doing the different things we do, it's it's beca- all we're really doing uh, is one of the main things we do. We think serves pastors well. We simply let them know they're not crazy in what they're they're dealing with and and facing. It's hard, yeah. It's supposed to be. This is part of you know, this is part of the the calling. So yeah. Uh, so Jim, what are what are some things we what are some things that just make this uniquely hard that contribute to the death? I know we, we've been talking about a few things. That are yeah, there. I think, Brian, one of them is the reality of spiritual warfare. And and that is that you you should anticipate that there will be opposition. A great and effectual door is open for us, 1 Corinthians 16, and there is much opposition. Yeah. There are many opponents. Uh, and chief among those is that we do have an adversary, the devil, who roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Lord Jesus said to to Peter, and this is very interesting, he says to him, Satan has requested to sift you as wheat. Now, it's actually in the plural there, that used the plural. He's telling Simon, 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 Satan has requested. But then Jesus says, I prayed for you. And he says that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned, you will strengthen your brethren. And that is that is there will be something about the the uh, entering into combat with the evil one and and Christ preserving you in that combat that will allow you through your own life to be an encouragement to others because your faith didn't fail. Yeah. And so uh, there is a target on your back uh, if you're in ministry. Uh, the enemy will. And I want to be careful with this because again I don't want to exalt ministry in a way with a kind of clericalism. But I think we can expect that the, the enemies, as long been said, will attack the generals or the captains in order to discourage yeah. the flock. And so if he can bring us down, the, bringing down a pastor with uh, great temptation, if he brings him down, it will succeed to do far more harm in the life of a congregation than another member of the church. And that takes a unique toll on a yes, pastor to yeah, have to fight that spiritual. Right. It's unrelenting. It's unrelenting. It's unrelenting. Con- it's 
it's intense at times and and it's not just i mean it's the it's not just the pastor it's his family i think that has to absorb yeah. this yeah you know, sometimes this a guy goes into ministry thinking that if i could just spend all my time in the word and in prayer and, and helping people then satan would let let me alone yeah. and they don't realize that not actually it will intensify here's another uh, here's another reason that we experience a slow death a depleting of ourselves and that's the fact that our ministries to people jim like we we we're surrounded by sinners and we're sinners and that's not going to go smooth even in a in in the midst of many we're all being redeemed mm. by the blood of christ and i think that's when asked the question why is this so uniquely art well it's because you're dealing with people uh, and and that's yeah. that's always going to be difficult yeah, and, and let's talk about that, Brian. I, I have a few things, you know, that you uh, in, in bringing that out. Uh, so we, when you're dealing with people, because so so I mean, first people are human, right? And so that means things like limited capacity, uh, limited strength. Uh, you might have had the expectation that everybody in the church is going to give 100 percent all the time, and they're just all going to be super zealous to serve and all of that. Some of that is when that when that is disappointed, when that expectation is disappointed. Uh, you, you know, just the, again, the reality they have lives and they have lives outside of you know the, the church is the most important thing in the world to you. It may not always be that with everybody else. I yeah. mean, we can argue it should be or, or whatever, but that can be that can be hard when even good people let you down well, in that regard, just because they're human. Well, and all all people have have lived in this fallen world their whole life, right? So the the scars and the wounds and the things that people have and been through idiosyncrasies in their that are not necessarily sinful they're just weird. Yeah, there's just all kinds of things that shape us, right? And make it difficult to pastor people. It just it just does. Yeah, so. sometimes it, yeah. Uh, and then this whole thing of being sinful, you know, that they're also, and, you know, and Brian, I think you've said in the past something like uh, a uh, a wounded sheep and a and a goat might look. Might yeah. look and sound alike no, for a, a time. A wounded sheep and a and a wolf in and sheep's a wolf, clothing. And a wolf yeah, in sheep's clothing. clothing. Yeah. So yeah. So whatever, you know, wheat and tear grew up together, and sometimes they look. You know, there was something yeah. at least for a time that that they they look alike. But you can find maybe even sometimes with somebody that is maybe they really are Christian, but they there there are some folks that like to be combative. Yeah. And there can be in ministry an unrelenting stream of criticism. It just doesn't matter what you do somebody's going to be disappointed and they're going to make that known. And again, they may not, they may not mean like, I think you're terrible and I want you to be gone, but, but for whatever reason, you know, you make a decision, you're going to, whatever, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to give any concrete, but you make a decision uh, and and the elders make a decision and you bring it and, and and lo and behold, not everybody's happy with it, but there are some people, no matter what you do, you're going to spend money on this. You're going to spend your time here. You're going to preach on this. They're going to be disappointed and they're going to let you know it. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that, that like, like, you you wonder why are you still here? You know, if you're so unhappy, why are you here? It, It slowly chips away and depletes us and takes our resolve. And again, that's why we're describing this as a slow death. Yeah. Is that's really the impact. And by the way, when we're talking about this stuff, you know, having categories, you know, uh, a, a, a mental death that take, takes place, a physical death that's taking mm. place. We're all physically dying. You mentioned that earlier. But, you know, I think that what this, these unique difficulties and challenges in the ministry 
I think has a unique toll on the body and the soul and the mind and the heart of a pastor. Yeah, both of us have heart issues. Yeah. Have had heart, heart issues. I I will confess. You mentioned you've talked about it on here before, but but I deal with a I deal with a brain fog now that I didn't have ten years ago. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know what to do with it. I've actually, but I have to other than just trying to make adjustments. You know, around it. So, yeah. and I'm and and I'm working with tons of pastors in their 40s and 50s in particular, with who've logged 15, 20 years of ministry. Yeah, you're having mysterious physical yeah. health things happen to them. All of this, I think, contributes to that. Yeah, uh, you know, Indiana Jones says it's not the years, it's the mileage, and, and so there's some there's something like that too. So you know, we have it is what you have gone. It's the cumulative effect. It's not just one year That's of this. Right. It's ten years of this, fifteen years of this. Well, and what? La- uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I said where I. It's right. It's the accumulation of. But one of the things in talking about this that I tell a lot of my own story is that where I became aware, the first time I really became aware of that there's a death happening, is is when I was in the hardest week of ministry that I ever had. When I lost my mentor, my pastoral mentor, and his wife, by, by killed by drunk drivers, and two days later had one of my closest friends in the church die in a car crash. And uh, the the two weeks that ensued after that of caring for the church through that, dealing with my own personal grief, all the accumulation of that, I got to the end of it. And I used that language that I didn't really, this is what came out. It's like, I feel like something died and it's not coming back. Yeah. Like in dealing with that. And so I think there's, it's, the death comes in the little accumulative things of criticism here and people not agreeing and all those things. But the big stuff that hits also really accumulate or shows that contributes to that death as well. Yeah, and so the next thing that comes that you might have been able to handle with a, a degree of resiliency, you can't now because uh, of, of what's happened in the past. Yep. So I want to deal, Brian, with we'll talk about a little bit about disappointed expectations. Okay. Some of things that that make ministry particularly hard. Okay, I think almost all of us enter ministry. With, uh, I mean, you, sh- you should enter in with a sense of hope. I mean, there is the sower sows in hope, right? I mean, why do you sow seed? Why why do you plant tomato plants? Why because you expect tomatoes? I mean, you you expect things to happen as a result of your labors, and I think we should. I think we ought to go about. Yeah. Uh, you know, the word is powerful. The spirit of God is real. Christ is on His throne, but sometimes that doesn't always work out the way that we expected. Hmm. And so, you know, you enter into a smallish church. Ten years later, it's still a smallest church. You're not one of the guys written about in, in, in the magazines. You're not the guy that they're talking about on podcasts. Nobody's nobody's tempted to do a rise and fall of Auburndale or RBC Louisville, you know, because, well, it never rose all that much, you know, or it never had that kind of, um, you know, we haven't had the kind of growth or maybe we haven't seen the kind of, we anticipated that we would see conversions, mm-hmm. and you preach your heart out, and you and you witness to people, and yet it just may be now that there's a season where there's very little conversions. And I, I can tell you, Brian, there there were talking about stuff taking a toll on you. Yeah, was giving the word and pleading with people and and laboring for souls, and and not ever seeing. Yeah. be like you're an obstetrician, and and. You thought there were all these pregnancies. <laughs> There's a very graphic illustration in the prophets, and they, it was only wind, you know, that they expected that the, a child would come out. And it was only wind, you know, mm-hmm. that there's this, what a horrible picture uh, that is. But, um, the anticipation that, that people would love you and appreciate you because 
you're faithful to them. And, and maybe in the past you had preachers that were faithful and you loved them and people seem indifferent. It may be that weeks and weeks and weeks go by. Nobody even, you preach your heart out and afterward, maybe somebody shakes your hand, but they, hey, there's some game last week, wasn't it? And, you know, or, or you look like you're gaining weight, preacher. You know, but they don't say a word about, hey, that was really helpful. You very rarely get a note of encouragement, a text, an email, uh, a word of, of brother. Thank you so much for laboring for us. It just means a lot. Uh, those things are life-giving, and when those things are denied regularly and uh, there's no appreciation for what you do, it, it produces, again, I think, yeah, some of this death. It does. You're right. That, that's good. And, and I think that the, the expectation piece is important because uh, we we labor with, uh, with expectations that we're going to see something because it's a, a good desire. It's something we should, exp- you know— it's not the expectation I want the church to double in in the next two years. Like it's like you said, it's I'm preaching my heart out. I want to see somebody come to Jesus. I want to see, right. you know, I want to, I just want to see that the congregation is being fed by the word. And sometimes because ministry is hard, that doesn't happen like we want. We think something's wrong. We think we're doing right. it wrong. Right, 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 right. And, and again, there's always a need to evaluate your ministry and what you're doing. But what we, what we're trying to convey here is that, that this is why ministry is unique. This is part right. of the call that it, it and it those things not only are those discouraging but that chips away that contributes to this slow this slow death happening so uh jim let me let me shift to okay so this conceptually there we're dying a little bit every day for the sake of the flock that is the call that that's what we see in that paul's really kind of articulating in second corinthians 4 how does a pastor uh accept this call mm-hmm. and and, and the other thing that we would advocate for in this is, because this is pretty gloom and doom at this point, is that <laughs> there's a unique joy in this death. Yes. And, and and that's what else Paul articulates in 2 Corinthians 4. There's a unique joy. So this is, it's worth it. It's it, this, Exactly. Yes. To understand the call and accept this as the way it is, but though it's uniquely hard, there's unique joy that comes with it. So... In other words, this is why a pastor would still do this kind of work. Mm-hmm. So the question is, though, how, how does a pastor, you know, how does a pastor accept this and ultimately, you know, move forward in being able to to do his ministry? Any thought on that? I, I do, Brian, and I'm going to quote the same old pastor whose conversation with you, yeah, Bill Hughes, Bill Hughes, Bill Hughes, yeah. and I, I I think he had this on his bathroom mirror. Okay. Two phrases, for him, for them. Hmm. And, and so... That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And so the first thing is, Jesus is worthy. He's not just worthy of the blessings that come to us in him. He's worthy of suffering, shame, or reproach for his name. Hmm. And we need to remember, it was... <laughs> Ministry, ministry led to his death, and those who followed him rejoiced in in whatever. So they, if they were counted worthy of suffering for him, that brought about a unique joy. And and there is a crown of a crown laid up for those who have run the race and kept their faith. I yeah. mean, so Paul has that statement in Acts twenty, and then it comes out again in Second Corinthians. Sorry, not Second Second Timothy four uh, about fulfilling your ministry. So that that context endure hardship, 
do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Enduring hardship, continuing to have hope in the gospel and sharing the gospel and fulfilling your ministry all come together. And it comes in that, it, it, it comes in that context. It is before the Lord that we do our ministry. We teach and preach in the sight of God in Christ. And I think we need to have that. There is a right sense of having that audience of one and recognizing that it is the Lord Christ whom you, I, I serve. And if I, if I can be found faithful to him, if I can stand before him and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, with all my expectations, with all my hope, conversions, church growth, people transform, marriages help, kids converted, uh, people comforted in their sorrows, taken care of in their hardships, all the things that a church ought to do and ought to be. Even in the best, even when all that's going on, there's still hardship. There's still the the yeah. the, the the giving of yourself, the, the warfare of Satan, the financial struggles, because most of us are going to labor in churches that are relatively small, and maybe you're bivocational and, and all the rest, and that's its own death and all of that. If at the end of the day I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. So it gets down to... I heard a woman years ago, uh, a woman named Helen Rosevere. I don't know if you've ever heard of Helen Rosevere. She was a missionary, I think, in the Congo. And uh, she was, um, during a, a time, I think, of civil war, uh, the, the people, the soldiers came to the compound, and she was she was abused, raped, actually, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she said that she was asked many times afterward the question, was it worth it? And what they mean was, did you see enough a fruit of your ministry that at the end of the day it was worth. And she said, I long ago stopped asking that question. She said, I, I, I am obsessed with but one, and that is, is he worthy? Mm-hmm. It's a whole different perspective yeah, that's uh, good. of life. That's good. So so that's the for him part. Yeah. Maybe you want to handle the for them? Yeah, well, so I think that, uh, well, I, I, go ahead and do the for him. I've got, I've got a couple I did, of things. I, there, I so. did for him. Okay, for sure. them. For him, for them. Yeah, for and, them. And that is... Listen, for all their blots and blemishes, spots and wrinkles, which yeah. the church is, this is that's the church in this age, we are not the one who presents the church to God spotless and without wrinkle. Yeah, that's, that's not ours to do. Jesus will do that. So the church we minister to has spots and wrinkles and such things, but it is full of those who are deeply loved by him. Yeah. And it, it's a reminder to me that these ones as frustrating as they can be sometimes, frustrating because of their idiosyncrasies, personality quirks, or, or their sins, or their lack of appreciation, whatever thing, stuff that may just drive you nuts. Yeah. At the end of the day, if they are in Christ, they are well loved by him, and I love them too. That's good. And so I, I think it is that reminder that whatever I'm laboring for, however hard this is, yeah. I'm doing this for somebody I love. Yeah, that's good. I've got, uh, I've, I've got three things in my head um, that I think... Are a helpful way to for a pastor to walk in these things. Um, one is is weakness, like to embrace your weakness. Second mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians four is written, and then later in chapter twelve, Paul articulates that it's it's boasting and weakness is yep. where the power of Christ rises up. So yep. if we're dying a death to to accept it, even embrace it, and realize that that Christ is 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 most strong when we're in our weakness. Right. And I think that's part of this plan that if the call is to die slowly, we're going to we're going to be walking in weakness, but that's actually the design that God mm-hmm. has for us. The second thing and I think this points to it being a death is grief. To, to we have to 
we have to if, if we're dying a little bit every day, we need to grieve a little bit every day. And yeah. I think that I think embracing sadness over the hardship of the things we face in the ministry is is something that is is we just don't do well. And I talk a lot about again, people who know me well know I talk a lot about sadness yeah. and the the need for a pastor to grieve the hard things that happens to him in in his ministry. Uh, certainly, when somebody dies, we have a loss like that. Like that's something that we would grieve, think mm-hmm. to grieve. But I'm saying when somebody leaves the, you know, criticizes you, leaves the church, and it's somebody you invested in for ten years. Yep. Like you, you got to grieve that loss. Yep. You got to let yourself engage yep. that sadness. So again, I think grief is the language to use if we're going to talk about we're dying a little bit. We need to be regularly grieving these hard things. I think that's how God meets us. And the third thing though is is we need to let ourselves experience joy. I think the one thing that I watch a lot of pastors do, I did the same thing myself, is you when you almost don't let yourself experience the joy of the ministry because a lot of it's hard. And so when it's maybe not hard or there's an opportunity to feel joy, I, I want to prepare myself for the next hard thing by yeah. not letting myself go to that place and feel the joy yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, want to, I really want to sound the, the wave the banner to g- give pastors permission to feel joy mm. over the good, so the, the way God's at work. And, and so, I, because one, it's there, the fruit of it, the evidence of grace is there. But the joy is what how we get through the hard times. The, the balance yeah. of the joy and the sadness, I think, is the key to walk in this death. And it doesn't have to be perfect to have happiness in it. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. I, I, I can remember uh, sometimes in my, uh, my wife and I talking about like our kids or something like that. And I grew up in a, I guess we would consider a dysfunctional home in certain ways. I mean, who didn't in some ways? But, you know, every once in a while, they'd be like, wow, they, we need to work on this and that. I'm like, but man, it's so good. You know, I mean, yeah, I know they're not perfect, but it's so yeah. much better than what I had growing right. up. All per- all you know, there, there's it. all this, you know, and, and to experience the joy of it. And, and no church is perfect. Church, a church is a church. So I say to people, hey, how's, how's church going? I say, well, it's a church. Yeah. And, and what does that mean? It means there's there's really good things and there's things that are not so good. There's tokens the Lord loves us and that Satan yeah. hates us at the same time. Yeah, that's good. So we're dying a slow death, and that's okay because it's worth it. It's for him. It's for them. Yeah. And so, Jim, will you take a minute and pray for uh, pastors as they, they wrestle with this idea and why ministry is so hard? Yeah. Our Father, we do pray for our brothers who are struggling today and are hearing this maybe with uh, looking for some hope and looking for some help. And, Father, that you may... Take whatever is said today, and certainly, Lord, take your word and take your spirit uh, to comfort and help them to recognize they're not uh, they're not alone, uh, they're not crazy uh, because of what they're experiencing. Uh, Lord, come alongside and comfort and aid and strengthen your servants. Give them a view of your own glory and the worthiness of the Savior. And Father, remind them how precious the sheep entrusted to them are. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.